Welcome to today's episode of Wild Wednesday's Questions and Answers. I'm Danelle and I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Now, today's question is based on a video I shared earlier this week on my YouTube channel. And then, of course, for those of you who are subscribed to my Telegram channel, you would have seen this video there as well or on the Facebook page. Um, now, if you are not subscribed to um, one of these platforms, you can just go to either one of them. It's Facebook, Telegram, or then um, YouTube. And then you can just look up All or Nothing Faith and you can subscribe to either one of these platforms. I must just inform you that um, I use Telegram um, most frequently because um, there we can I can basically just post anything um, that relates to Christianity or um, that is a threat to the believer and everything that goes um, on globally um, that either um, a threat to Christianity or just a warning um, with the um, current situation that we have um, with the end times and um, yeah so because there is still freedom of speech allowed on Telegram platform. So, um, yeah, make sure that if you want to be updated daily, you go to the Telegram um, channel and then you just join All or Nothing Faith there. If you um, like these episodes, um, you can just, and you've missed a few of these episodes already, um, you can just go, and you've received now this um episode via a um, voice note you can just go to the anchor app the anchor podcast app and then you can also look up all or nothing faith and you can get the rest of the episodes where we discuss very interesting questions that we get answers in the bible from and um, all these questions are available in english and Afrikaans, these episodes. Okay, so to let, to get back to today's question. So um, the one guy um, placed a comment on, I think it was either on one of these platforms. I wasn't, I'm not sure which one now, but he said um, not, he hasn't um, um, read anywhere in the Bible that God spoke to a child, number one, and then, of course, he doesn't believe in the rapture at all. And I must give him scriptural proof of where God spoke to children. So, um, of course, God did speak to children. We'll get to that in a little bit. But then I thought, okay, it, it would be a good idea to just um, go and um, investigate and dig a little bit deeper into this question. How did God use dreams and visions in the Bible and get some proof of the persons he spoke to from the Bible? So let's dig in. Well, God used dreams and visions. For those of you who don't know what visions are, visions are walking dreams. You can go and read Numbers 24 verse 4. Several times in the Bible, to communicate with people. Visions seem to have been common enough that their lack was sorely noted. An absence of visions was due at times to a 
dearth of prophets, 1 Samuel 3, and other times due to the disobedience of God's people, 1 Samuel 28. God used visions in the Old Testament to reveal his plan, to further his plan, and to put his people in places of influence. Now, let's look at um, some of the people God gave dreams and visions to. In Genesis 15, we read about Abraham. God used the vision to restate the Abrahamic covenant, reminding Abraham that he would have a son and be the father of many nations. In Genesis 20, God gave a dream to Abimelech. Abimelech's wife, Sarah, was beautiful. Oh, Abram's wife, um, pardon me. Sarah was beautiful. So, be so beautiful that when Abram came into a new area, he occasionally feared that the local ruler would kill him and take Sarah for himself. Abram told Abimelech, the king of Gerar, that Sarah was his sister. She was his half-sister. Abimelech took Sarah into his harem, but God sent him a dream telling him not to touch Sarah because she was Abraham's wife. The king returned Sarah to her husband the next morning. The dream had protected Sarah and safeguarded God's plan for Sarah to be the mother of his chosen people. Now, in Genesis 28, from verse 10, we read about Jacob. Jacob, with his mother's help, stole Esau's firstborn inheritance. Jacob then fled Esau's anger, and on his journey, he had his famous dream of a ladder reaching to heaven on which angels ascended and descended. In this dream, Jacob received God's promise that Abram's blessing would be carried on through him. In Genesis 37, we read about Joseph. Now, Joseph is one of the most famous dreamers and one of the most famous dream interpreters in the Bible. His first recorded dream are found in Genesis 37. They showed through easily deciphered symbols that Joseph's, Joseph's family would one day bow down to him in respect. His brothers didn't appreciate the dream and in their hatred sold Joseph into slavery. Eventually, Joseph ended up in prison in Egypt. Now, Joseph is one example of a child or a younger child, um, younger adult, I should say, or teenager, getting a dream. Okay, then Pharaoh's um, cupbearer and the baker we read about in Genesis 40. While in prison, Joseph interpreted some dreams of Pharaoh's cupbearer bearer and baker. With God's guidance, he explained that the cup bearer would return to Pharaoh's service, but the baker would be killed. Then in Genesis 41, two years later, Pharaoh himself had a dream which Joseph interpreted. God's purpose was to raise Joseph to second in command over Egypt and to save the Egyptians and the Israelites from a horrible famine. In 1 Samuel, God spoke to Samuel, and this is proof where God spoke to a young child. Samuel had his first vision as a young boy. God told him that judgment was coming upon the sons of Samuel's mentor, Eli. The young Samuel was faithful to relay the information, 
And God continued to speak to Samuel through the rest of his life. Now, in Judges 7, we read about the Midianite and the, um, um, the Amalekite armies. The pagan enemies of Israel had a divinely inspired dream. God told Gideon to sneak into the camp at night of the enemy and there in the outpost of the camp, Gideon overheard an enemy soldier relate a dream he had had. The interpretation from another enemy soldier mentioned Gideon by name and predicted that Israel would win the battle. Gideon was greatly encouraged by this revelation. Then in 1 Kings 3, we read about Solomon. It was in a dream that God gave Solomon the famous offer, Ask what you wish me to give you. Solomon chose wisely. He asked for wisdom. Now in Daniel 2, Daniel, um, as he had done for Joseph, God placed Daniel in a position of power and influence by allowing him to interpret a foreign ruler's dream. This is consistent with God's propensity to use miracles to identify his messengers. Daniel himself had many dreams and visions, mostly related to future kingdoms of the world and the nation of Israel. Visions in the New Testament also served to provide information that was unavailable elsewhere. Specifically, God used visions and dreams to identify Jesus and to establish his church. In Luke 1, from verse 5, we read about Zacharias. God used a vision to tell Zacharias, an old priest, that he would soon have an important son. Not long after, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth had John the Baptist. In Matthew 1 and Matthew 2, we read about Joseph. Joseph would have divorced Mary when he found out she was pregnant. But God sent an angel to him in a dream, convincing him that the pregnancy was of God. Joseph went ahead with the marriage. After Jesus was born, God sent two more dreams. One to tell Joseph to take his family to Egypt so Herod could not kill Jesus and another to tell him Herod was dead and that he could return home. In Matthew 27, we read about Pilate's wife. Now, Jesus' trial, during his trial, Pilate's wife sent an urgent message to the governor encouraging him to free Jesus. Her message was prompted by a dream she had, a nightmare actually, that convinced her that Jesus was innocent and that Pilate should have nothing to do with his case. In Acts 9, we read about Ananias. Now, it would have taken nothing less than a vision from God to convince Ananias, a Christian in Damascus, to visit Paul, the persecutor of Christians. But because Ananias was obedient to God's leading, Paul regained his sight and found the truth about those he was trying to kill. Acts 10, we read about Cornelius. God spoke to an Italian centurion named Cornelius who feared the God of the Jews. In his vision, Cornelius saw an angel who told him where to find Simon Peter and to send for him and listen to his message. Cornelius obeyed the vision. 
Peter came and preached, and Cornelius and his household, full of Gentiles, were saved by the grace of God. In Acts 10, um, from verse 9, uh, we read about Peter. While Peter was praying on the rooftop of a house in Joppa, God gave him a vision of animals lowered in something like a sheet. A voice from heaven told Peter to kill the animals, some of which were unclean, and eat them. The vision served to show that Christians are not bound by kosher law and that God had pronounced Gentiles clean. That is, heaven is open to all who follow Jesus. Now, Paul had several visions in his missionary career. One sent him to preach in Macedonia. We can read about this in Acts 16. Another encouraged him to keep preaching in Corinth. We read about this in Acts 18. God also gave him a vision of heaven in 2 Corinthians 12. Now John, nearly the entire book of Revelation is a vision John had while exiled on the island of Patmos. John's vision explains in more detail some of the events that God had shown Daniel. The question of course then is, that was um, examples of the Old and the New Testament. Does God still give visions and dreams to people today? Can God give visions and dreams to people today? Well, yes. Does God give visions to people today? Well, yes. Should we expect visions to be an ordinary occur occurrence? Well, that depends. As recorded in the Bible, God spoke to people many times by visions and dreams. Um, I just gave you the example of all the people God spoke to. Not all of them, but most of them. Then the prophet Joel also predicted that there will be an outpouring of dreams and visions on God's um, sons and daughters and young men will have dreams and old men will have visions. So yes, it is important to note that the difference between a vision and a dream is that a vision is given when a person is awake while a dream is given when a person is asleep. And the prophet Joel who predicted this outpouring of visions and dreams was also confirmed by the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2. Um, so it doesn't mean that God doesn't give dreams and visions today still. Okay, in many parts of the world, God seems to be using visions and dreams extensively in areas where there is little or no gospel message available and where people do not have Bibles. God is taking his message to people directly through dreams and visions. We hear a lot about um, Muslims getting dreams where Jesus himself tells them that he is the only way to um, eternal life. This is entirely consistent with the biblical example of visions being frequently used by God to reveal his truth to people in the early days of Christianity. If God desires to communicate his message to a person, he can use whatever means he finds necessary a missionary, an angel, a vision, or a dream. Of course, God also has the ability to give visions in areas where the gospel message is already readily available. There is no limit to what God can do. 
At the same time, we must be careful when it comes to visions and the interpretation of visions and dreams. We must keep in mind that the Bible is finished and it tells us everything we need to know. The key truth is that God, that if God were to give a vision or dream, it would agree completely with what he has already revealed in his word. Visions and dreams should never be given equal or greater authority than the word of God. God's word is our ultimate authority for Christian faith and practice. If you believe you had a dream or vision and feel that perhaps God gave it to you, prayerfully examine the word of God and make sure your vision or dream is in agreement with scripture. Then prayerfully consider what God would have you do in response to the vision or dream. You can go read James 1 verse 5. God would not give a vision or dream to a person and then keep the meaning of the vision or dream hidden. In scripture, whenever a person asks God for the meaning of a vision or dream, God made sure it was explained to the person. You can read about this in Daniel 8 from verse 15 to 17. Now you can clearly see that from the word of God, examples where God gave dreams and visions to people, Mostly to warn them and to keep them from harm or to guide them on the right path. And that God still gives dreams and visions for the same reason today. I want to read to you in Job 33 from verse um, 15 where God clearly tells us why he gives us dreams and visions and um how he, um, what, what the reason is he gives us these dreams and visions or another way he speaks to us in different ways. He's, it says in Job 33 from verse 15, he speaks in dreams in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. So that is the very reason God would sometimes give you a nightmare or a frightening dream is to keep you from, it's actually to show you that you are sinning and to keep you from from going on the wrong wrong path because the wrong path ends in death. Okay, then from verse 19. All God disciplines people with pain on their sick beds, with ceaseless aching in their bones. They lose their appetite for even the most delicious food, for even the most delicious food. Their flesh wastes away and their bones stick out. They are at death's door. The angels of death wait for them. But if an angel from heaven appears, a special messenger to intercede for a person and declare that he is upright, he will be gracious and say, Rescue him from the grave, for I found a ransom for his life. Nowadays, we see this, we see that an illness came upon a person And then people would start praying for that person. And this is what Jesus does. He intercedes for us nowadays. Even angels um, intercedes for us. That's what God's word says. 
And then from verse 25, he says, and then um, God, Jesus would say, would say, for I have found a ransom for his life. And our ransom nowadays is Jesus who died for us on the cross. Um, who, took he, who took his sin upon himself so that we may have eternal life. And then when we read further from verse 25, it says, Then his body will become, a health, will become as healthy as a child's firm and youthful again. When he prays to God, he will be accepted and God will receive him with joy and restore him to good standing. He will declare to his friends, I sinned and twisted the truth, but it was not worth it. God rescued me from the grave and now my life is filled with light. Yes, God does these things again and again for people. He rescues them from the grave so they may have, so that they may enjoy the light of life. So yes, now we can see the reason God gives us these dreams and visions or sometimes um, lets certain painful stuff come over us like illnesses is so that we can recognize that we are sinners and that we are on the wrong path and that we need to repent from our sins and ask for forgiveness and then make Jesus our Lord and Savior so that we can Go back and um, tell the whole earth that this is what God has done for me. I'm a changed person. I'm on the right path so that everyone can go to heaven and have eternal life. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Please share um, these episodes with your friends and family so that people can learn more about what God's word has to say about a certain subject. Shalom.